Welcome to the audio version of BARG, exclusively for Canadian mortgage professionals who want to avoid losing the rate game by using the credit game to win. To join the conversation for visuals and additional resources, you can go to our private Facebook or LinkedIn page, and all the links and resources are in the show notes. Welcome out to this episode of BARG. Today, I have Ross Taylor here, and what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the magic of understanding personal credit histories, particularly when there's things in there that you might be afraid to look at, bankruptcies, consumer proposals, foreclosures, judgments, collections, the kind of things that might give you the willies. Richard and I actually see them from a totally different perspective. We see these as opportunities, opportunities to improve the credit history, and for you, more importantly, get some pretty amazing mortgage results, and we're going to show you how. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Let's get started. Thanks, Ross, for joining me today on this episode of Bark. We're going to talk about public records and consumer proposals and all the fun things that generally scare brokers away, and uh, (laughs) we'll we'll see what we come up with. Uh, But before I get into the the good stuff, I I wanted to introduce you as the co-host. Um, and uh, you may not know how how much of a shared background we have. So I'm going to go through some of your credentials. We were both licensed as mortgage brokers in 2006. Uh, both published authors. So you've done a number of articles with MPC and news articles as well, correct? Yeah, and I blog extensively. Over the years, I've probably written six or 700 articles. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> That's more than my book. Yes. Um, so uh, we have that in common. Uh, we're both licensed insolvency counselors. Do you want to explain what that is? Well, <laughs> It basically means that we have status when it comes to dealing with uh, insolvency trustees, trustees that you typically think of when people go to to file bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. There's the trustees themselves, which neither of us are. Right. And then there's registered credit counselors. And not many people are that. It's, it's, it's a commitment of time for one thing. I'm sure you remember. I think it was something like 200 individual sessions we had to attend. Yeah. If, if, before we could say we did that, as well as take a course. Uh, Both previous winners of the Financial Literacy Leader of the Year Award. Also, both have names that start with R. So that's uh, that's (laughs) what I got. (laughs) I'm taking a wild guess that you've seen a a few credit reports with public records on them. I call them credit doozies because of the, the large effect that they have on the credit report. Correct. And Richard, if I could sort of cut you off... If I'm talking to a homeowner that has one of those terms, I don't duck and hide. I'm thinking, oh, I have a qualified deal to work on here, right? And one that perhaps will not be will not be so competitive for me when it comes to uh, fellow mortgage brokers. So, and and you really took the whole like point of this episode and and really brought it to the forefront forefront of that uh, because that is essentially what BARG is about. That's that's why I wanted to have you on there because um, I know that this is your niche. This is where others see problems and, and run away. This is where hmm. you thrive and all of it has to do with knowledge and, and just uh, your abilities uh, to, to get things done. But essentially any of these public records would stop your ability to get best rate financing for your clients. Um, if If it's unsolved, or it's outstanding, 
um, it, it's something where it, it essentially freaks people out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and a lot of people are just conditioned to say, oh, I see, I'm sorry, I don't think I can help you. Yeah. And they go on to the next lead. Whereas I see two, potentially three mortgages in the next few years with these people. That's right. Um, and, and we'll get into one of the examples that, that show how, how you can really boost your commissions and, and, mm -hmm. and not just boosting commissions, but, but really stand out and help your clients where most, most brokers or more mortgage specialists would, would run away scared with that. What is your, your process? So you see a public record show up on your credit report. What's one of the first things that you do when, when that credit report comes through? Well, the first thing I want to do is corroborate the information that I'm seeing in the credit report. Is it in fact accurate or are there any, excuse me, inconsistencies here or downright reporting errors? That's number one. What? So, errors on the credit report? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And that's the meat and potatoes of all this, Richard, is yes. identifying errors and correcting them prior to proceeding with the mortgage transaction. But you can also have files that come to you where there's a collection. And how many times have we heard a client say, but I paid that. Yeah. I know I paid it. Why is it showing it's still open and unresolved? Um, and if there's a judgment, well, that judgment, if it isn't already, is going to soon be a lien registered against that property and there's no escaping it. So we might as well deal with it because it's just, it's just an anvil around the client's ankles that's stopping them from moving forward. Yes. And, and how do you collaborate or corroborate the information on the public record? What are some of the things that you ask the client or, or documentation? What are you looking for uh, to, to get the story straight? Well, first, I do it verbally. You know, okay. I, I don't need them to send me a million documents. I just, I just read the credit report and I hone in on the one or two things that I think I need to be paying attention to. If I see a judgment or a collection, I just ask them about that. Was that resolved or was it not? And, and, right. and if they say yes, did you keep any records of this? Do you have an email trail? Did you, did you write notes? Did you say who you spoke to and when? Anything that will help later going back and challenging something that might be reporting incorrectly. But I try not to dig too deep until I first high level identified if there's a problem that I think can be remedied. If right. there is, I start to talk to the client about the fact that that's, that's the case. And if we were able to work on it and fix it, I could then take them on a journey from being paralyzed and going nowhere right now to ultimately perhaps all the way back to dealing with A lenders. And I'll give them a time frame within which they can do that. When a client has these issues on their credit report, they've probably been turned down a couple of times for, for not necessarily just mortgage financing, but for other types of credit. Uh, they're probably aware or they should be aware that there's issues on there that are making their credit look bad. Uh, yes. And they, they have uh, they have the emotional state around that where they're nervous about it. They're freaked out. And I really like how you mentioned the whole journey factor, because uh, they seem to look at it and say, well, I'm I'm terrible. I suck. And, and I have terrible credit and not know that there is a way and a path for them to get back to best rates and best terms and get back to feeling much better and more confident about their credit and financial situation in, in general. Exactly. So and it's actually very gratifying 
as yes. the mortgage broker, if you ultimately take people on that journey and they buy in, they're willing to say, yes, I, I'm buying what you're selling, quote unquote. I want to do it. I, I've drunk the Kool-Aid and I'll go with you. And then when you get them to the end, the, the incredible appreciation that you get is really heartwarming. It's always great when you can make them cry for good reasons. <laughs> exactly. It is very satisfying in when it when it's for good reasons. Um, yes. And and I liked how you mentioned that you you collaborate with the public records and and then you look into the 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 accounts details, right? Because if if there's a public record on your client's credit report and then there is no account showing up on the client's credit report. Mm-hmm. Well, then it's it's pretty obvious that either it's a, a fraudulent type thing that the collection agency registered on the ren- wrong credit report or that they screwed around with the date of last activity, which they're not allowed to do. And it should be off the report right away. Um, You're right. And I don't know what your experience is, Richard, but I personally, I used to do all these things. But if I got something where there is weird collection activity. I'm not going to try and solve that myself. I'm sending it to you right away. <laughs> you do this stuff all day long, every, seven days a week. And and I know the process is painful right. and painstaking for some of those things. And Again, uh, yeah. I'm just grateful that I've got someone that not only does it, but enjoys doing it and does it well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I do enjoy that aspect for the gratification and, and helping out. Um, and And every time that I hear about rates jumping up, I'm grateful that I don't have to deal with that <laughs> anymore. Uh, and that there's brokers out there that that want to deal with rate jumps and, and all that fun stuff. So we all, we all stay in our lane and, and uh, help the client mm-hmm. along as we can. Yeah. Another thing that I always check when I'm looking at credit reports is checking their personal information. I've noticed that when there's a lot of AKAs or, or weird AKAs on there, or addresses in provinces they've never lived in, stuff like that, then it's just more of an indicator for collaborating their story that this information is probably incorrect. Yes. Make sure that you request for the supporting documentation. You had, you had sent over a client, uh, we'll call him Abe. He swore it was a consumer proposal, pulled the credit report, not seeing a, a public record. His story wasn't really checking out because he went into a, a credit counseling program not into a consumer proposal. Which you determined. I gave up on it, but I said, you need to talk to Richard, right? I bring this up because I, I made the mistake of of believing the the client on this. Yes. And I started going through and started giving him all these steps that he should do and and looking for this proposal that I thought was an error, that it wasn't on the report. And then it dawned on me as as far as forgetting one of the basics <laughs> It says credit counseling on his actual account there. So you, you can believe your clients, but you, you should verify. I remember so now, I think when I referred him to you, I thought, well, there must be maybe two profiles or something. Yes. And, and his proposal is on another profile that I can't see. But that wasn't and, the case. And so I was there looking for different profiles and and thinking just, I, I was just kind of running around and, and I started giving them different advice. And, and then I remembered wait a second, let's just get the documentation here. Send me the consumer proposal documentation right. and and get back to basics here. I'll go through different episodes that show and and go through in detail the, the public records that are here. 
that we're not going to be covering. Uh, but one of the things that I wanted that I thought would be beneficial for brokers is going through some of the most common errors that that come through when someone has been through a consumer proposal or bankruptcy. Um, so first of all, for those that are not aware or, or don't have much experience with insolvencies, how would you say or sum up what the difference between a consumer proposal is and bankruptcy is just when it comes to credit or on the credit report? How, how can you tell the difference as a broker? Well, if it's reporting accurately, a bankruptcy says this is a bankruptcy and a proposal says this is a consumer proposal. Right. The challenge, as you know, is they're both administered by by trustees, insolvency trustees, and some of the creditors are careless about their reporting. And they will say included in bankruptcy, even though it was a proposal. But up in the public records, they don't usually get it wrong there, right? They, in the public records, they'll say filed a consumer proposal or filed a personal bankruptcy. And they'll tell you the month and the year in which that happened. That part is correct. It's the individual trade lines I see where you get reporting yep. errors. As you said, it, it's administered through the Office of Superintendent of Bankruptcy, both the consumer proposal and bankruptcy. Yes. I, I get a lot of questions from brokers about that. I also get a lot of comments and, and talks from clients who think that it's reporting incorrectly, but that's just because they're reading it from Credit Karma. Uh, Credit Karma being an American company still hasn't really got their categories right. And they don't separate the two. I don't know if you come across that much. If, if you I actually clients. refuse to look at Credit Karma reports when clients offer them to me. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I use them. But anyone that's been through an insolvency really should get a copy directly with Equifax and TransUnion. Yes. Uh, I like Borrowell and Credit Karma as a tool if used properly. But when it comes to anyone that's been through an insolvency, always good to get a copy directly with Equifax and TransUnion. It just it's much better. <laughs> You'll yeah. often see trade lines from the proposal reporting as R9s. And, and you and I both know it should never have been more than an R7, right? Correct. So yeah. that's very common. A lot of the errors are there and you're powerless or helpless to address them until the client hits the milestone of actually completing the proposal. Yes. So client comes to you or I, they're two years in and they say, why does it show... I owe this massive balance and it's getting right. bigger every month. And why is it showing included in bankruptcy? And in some case, you might even see late payments even after they filed the proposal. And unfortunately, the credit bureaus don't really want to address any reporting errors until the proposal is actually complete. That's the milestone they want. And I think the theory is because if you lapse on your proposal, if you miss three payments, then your debts come back in full bloom as they were before you filed. So they don't really want to set the balances owing to zero until, right. you, until you've served your time, so to speak. You had mentioned balances aren't paid off or show outstanding and sometimes even grow while they're in the consumer proposal. Correct. Yes. I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, almost every creditor when it comes to Equifax We'll, we'll keep those balances and overdue amounts around even after they've completed the proposal. Is that your experience? Well, that's right. And that's yeah. where you and I step in, where we can really do some good for the clients. Right. I do it for a small percentage of my clients. I do it for them personally. Uh, but if 
if I don't think there's a mortgage transaction or there's a complexity to it that I don't want to deal with, then yeah. you know I just send them to you and you take yeah. care of it. And um, But basically, because there's still errors after that completion, we this is where we get, get to create immediate joy, as you know. Exactly. Yeah, and the, the lower their score is now, the more spectacular the joy is after. So, yeah. you know, somebody comes to me today and their credit score is 525 and they've just paid off their consumer proposal and ideally they've got a new credit also. Right. We'll do our thing and they're probably going to jump 100 to 130, 140 points in less than a week from beginning to end. And that's spectacular. And it makes for great online testimonials. Yes. <laughs> How many Google reviews do you have? Google uh, today we hit two seventy three, and we've got another seventy or so at uh, at Facebook. Look, there's guys out there with yeah. double or triple that, but they've got armies of people working for them. I think as, as someone that's effectively a sole practitioner, it's it's a good number. Hey, I'm I'm impressed. Uh, when I looked at that, I, I was like, that that's impressive. Um, so th for any brokers looking to get some some reviews or testimonials uh, maybe they don't necessarily want to talk about the debt issues that they incurred but when you get them the mortgage financing afterwards they can definitely r rave about you on online which is part of the, f the fun of it um, yeah because in my experience those referrals or those clients that have credit issues when you do something like this that goes above and beyond even their their comprehension, their ability to 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 figure out how you did it, then mm -hmm. then they really start becoming evangelists for for you and 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 your business. It's You're so right, and you know the ones that are so appreciative are the ones that tried themselves before they reached out to us, right? Yes, and they're smart people, and they think, well, there's an investigation process that's online. I can do this, right? And occasionally they can, but often I'll have people reach out to me say, yeah, I just give up. I've tried. I've been back and forth. I've been go spinning my wheels for two or three months. I'm getting nowhere. And I'll, and I'll say, send me your report. You do the same. You look at it and you go, yeah, I think this time next week we'll have your score up by 100 points and this will be gone and this will be gone and this will be gone. And they go, what? Yep. And then you yeah, do it. Com completely different experience. So that's, that's yes. good. Uh, another common error that I see is public records, including as disposition unknown or not settled so they were included in the insolvency the the proposal even though it's updated as as being yes. completed it's not showing correct and that's a big part of what we do we can't wipe out the fact that that happened but what right. we can do is tie up all the loose ends because you know when you send in a mortgage application if there's a disposition unknown that's not getting swept under the carpet. You're going to have to work that one through with the lender anyway. So why not preempt it and do it up front? Just showing things from disposition on such and such a date or paid or settled or whatever. Again, you're just removing all the obstacles, making it easier for your underwriters to say yes and to give you the mortgage result you want at the rate you want. Right. Yep. And you had mentioned late payments. Once they've entered into the insolvency, their creditors are legally stayed, which is just a fancy word to say that they're not allowed to report the late payments. I actually really like when I see those and I'm about to work on the file because that is an instant bump, 70 to 100 points because yeah. they're reporting late payments as recently as last month, exactly. even though it might have been years and years. So yeah. yeah. And the other place that often gets messed up in a proposal is student debt. 
And you might have 67 late payments in OSAP and the client says, I haven't missed a payment. Yeah. Or they didn't know that they were supposed to make payments or any number. Well, of it's it's confusing for the, the consumer going in because the broker is saying, yes, it's included. But then what they don't realize is is that it's just paused and they still the interest is still being charged, but they don't have to make the payments until after. And then uh, the student loans won't take any payments until they get the bankruptcy or consumer proposal confirmation that everything's done. And here this you know client is trying to pay and can't and uh, or don't know because the, they didn't understand what the broker or the trustee was telling them. And uh, yeah, I, I see a ton of issues with student loan. One thing that I've noticed, debt that you didn't include in the consumer proposal or bankruptcy mm -hmm. showing up as if it is. Oh. Uh, so for, for those brokers not aware, you, you don't have to include everything into a, a bankruptcy or consumer proposal. Um, there's some technicalities around that, but generally speaking, you can keep your vehicle or house outside of the programs if you wish. And so people will have credit afterwards or, or through the insolvency. And these are accounts that are good and they've paid and, and made all the payments on time. But unfortunately, they're not getting credit for that. No, no pun yes. intended. Okay, well, we'll say pun intended on that. Uh, but they're not getting the credit for that. And, and, and that's a common error that I see with with a transunion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then do you have much issues with joint credit clients that weren't included in the consumer proposal or bankruptcy? Absolutely. Let's say you have a situation where there's a couple and they have a personal line of credit that's joint. And one of them yeah. is overall in debt stress and wants to file a consumer proposal. And the other one is basically fine. So what happens there is I, I tell people, if at all possible, pay off that balance on the joint line of credit before you file. Because if you don't, then the innocent party's credit report is going to take a beating because it's going to be reporting on their credit as included right. in a consumer proposal, even though they didn't file a consumer proposal. One of the things that you had mentioned is, is how long it stays on the credit report. Yes. There's some misconceptions on how long it, it stays on the credit report. And then there's also some differences between Equifax and TransUnion that can also throw you off. I'll put this in the resource section. I use this graph uh, very regularly. Yeah, I that, that's a really handy piece. I, I don't have that handy. I wouldn't mind having it at my fingertips. You have a, a story that I want to get to uh, before before you get tired of talking about credit with me um, <laughs> that uh, that I want to jump into just if we can catch. Uh, now, now, you had put them as, as JF, uh, just to protect identity, I'm sure. I, I'm just going to call him Jackson Fox, just because I think it's a cool name. It's a great name. Tell me the story uh, about Jackson. I think this is a good summary to the power of understanding this principle when it comes to credit. Sure. Uh, and again, this is another file that's playing out as we speak. So the client's been on a journey. Um, he filed a proposal before I even knew me. And in fact, he filed it in 2016. He paid it off in 2019 in August. And when he approached me just over a year ago, he would check online at Equifax and his score was 559. And he's one of those guys who was trying to do everything possible that he could research right. to improve his score, 
but it wasn't really, what, nothing was changing. And, and he was very much aware that this could be very costly for him because he'd bought a house pre-construction and it was due to close last summer. And his research had told him that he was only going to get a mortgage from a B lender, but he absolutely didn't want to pay 4%, which is what other brokers had told him he'd be looking at, a minimum 4%. Well, it was a large purchase, right? It, it was 1.5. Yeah, the purchase price is 1.5 yeah. million, and he wanted to put 20% down. So he, this was going to be a mortgage for 1.2 million dollars. Right. And again, when I I asked him to send me his credit report, and I just looked at it, and it, and it was sort of like, yes. As soon as I saw it, I knew that I could do everything. I could get his credit. The complete score. opposite of what all the other brokers right. thought of when they saw it. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Exactly. I could see at least 100, maybe 150 points in his credit score. And once I could see that, I knew I have lenders that with him already two years removed or a year removed from his proposal completion, we were going to get their best rates, no premium, no penalty. So the first thing I did was I, I provided a service to him to remove the reporting errors from his credit report. It went from 559 to 664. That was in the that was in the course of a week. So now I've got his attention. I increased him by 105 points. Uh, a couple of months later, we start working on the mortgage and um, pulled his credit, and it's 710, which is pretty much all you need to get best rates at pretty much every B lender. And the result was we got him approved for an 80% loan to value, one year term, at 2.69 percent. That's 2.69. That's really good. That was yeah. a fantastic result, but we're not done. We only got a one-year term. A few weeks ago, I was very conscious of how rates were going up and up and up. <laughs> yes. And I and I woke up one weekend and said, I don't think we can wait. But the but the proposal is still on the credit report. But I, I, I contacted him and said, I think it's worth our while considering breaking this one-year mortgage and rolling over to a uh, see whether or not I can get you approved at a credit union, even though the proposal is still showing on your credit report. So he said, yeah, I'm all for that. I'll, it makes sense to pay the penalty because I also see which way rates are going. And then he right. said, oh, by the way, I want to put in landscaping and window coverings on the new home. Can you get me an extra $100,000? Anyway, we, we sent it to a credit union. At the early stages of some of these rate increases, got him five years, no fees, no lender fee, no broker fees. 3.19%. It hasn't closed yet. It's going to close next week or the week after. And this mortgage is for $1.3 million. And that's a pretty and spectacular result. Within within a year. Yeah. Essentially. That's yeah. right. So if if you had a mic in your hand, this would be the part where you drop it. <laughs> <laughs> mic dropped. Uh so I you you had put in your notes there, you know, client is beyond happy. I, I would definitely assume so uh, because the the rates are spectacular for what you got them. Uh, you were on top of it. You took them from someone who couldn't even figure out where how to get a score up to then qualifying for best rates and best terms. Uh, you know yes. th- those were great rates, and on a large mortgage like that, it's obviously great for you, but very important for him on protecting his cash flow. It was a win-win. Yes, something. I did very well, yeah. but you know, I earned it and but it was two yeah. 2 million dollar mortgages from the same client in the course of a right. year. Yeah, and the client's extremely happy about it. Right. Um, and and it's it's perfect for them. So, 
I, I wanted to finish off our, our conversation with that story, uh, warm your heart, give you the goosebumps and, and uh, give you a great idea of why when Ross sees something like this on the credit report, it's a smile, not, uh-oh, uh, that comes across his mind and, and why, you know, understanding how credit works can really benefit you as, as a broker. Um, so I'll, I'll put the, the different resources of what we talked about, some understanding about what are the, the most common errors and, you know, just the, the differences between bankruptcy and, and, and consumer proposals, some nuances on, on that information in, in the notes and, or, or down below there. Um, but Ross, was there anything else that you wanted to leave us with as far as this, this conversation goes? Um, no, I think you've covered off all the bases really well, Richard. Like I say, okay. just don't be afraid when you see a lower credit score and a proposal. And you, I happen to have the knowledge to fix those things, but I don't really need it. And I guess it's a plug for you, but... I think you're, you're priced okay. very reasonably. You provide a great service. You can provide that service for our clients. And then you, you hand the client right back because we're not in competition even. You're not, you're not doing mortgages, right? So as brokers, we should think of you as a resource or a tool to help us make more commissions as mortgages. Right. Yeah, I'm licensed. And I've kept that just to help uh, one for the legal aspect of um, dealing with any kind of um, sharing and, and cross information that that's part of the, the process. Uh, but for sure, I, I have no interest of doing your client's mortgage. That is all for you that I will save that fund for you guys. Um, I'm, I'm happy to have the fun with Equifax and TransUnion on, on that side. Um, so thank you for the plug. I, I appreciate that. But whether you want to do it yourself or just even if you have questions about it or you tried and you're not sure or you're just not sure what the the rules are around that uh, definitely check out the resource section or ask a question on one of the social media uh that that it's on that you're finding this on and and reach out and we'll see how we can help so that the client can get the help that they need and you can be the hero and and look really good for for your clients for sure so with that, we'll end it. Uh, thank you once again, Ross, for, for sticking around and, and helping me with this. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, Richard. As a reminder, if you have any comments, please put them down below. If you had the question, most likely another broker now or down the road will have the same one. If you have a specific client scenario that you want me to review, please send me all the details you can to info at creditgame.net and I'll see how I can help. You can click the See More button in order to get the links and resources that we talk about in the episode. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.